Thank you for the shirt. I haven't tried it on yet, but it looked good. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I got the message and uh that it had been delivered and I was like, mm-hmm. oh I, I think it should be delivered. And then he didn't respond back. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just and didn't. And I was yeah. like, oh no, did it not deliver? <laughs> no, no, I got there. Okay, um, good. And the, I don't know if this just Redbubble does this, but they gave like free stickers and the I think it's just it's like Redbubble stickers, so it's not like it's like a fancy sticker yeah yeah uh sometimes when i order stickers i just get like a random like big square one mm-hmm. uh, it's like the one with the sharks right uh, i don't know i think it had a shark on it <laughs> maybe i can't yeah. remember which one i got on my last mm-hmm. uh shipment mm-hmm. but yeah i put some of my like stickers that i got on some of my new notebooks and just like oh, oh nice <laughs> i'll use them eventually yeah 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 no I really I I got a sticker from my um my teaching job which is actually starting up on uh, Saturday um okay yeah we're uh, back in business apparently (laughs) um and we're running through long weekends too so you know Uh, yeah um I mean but we'll also see I don't know if we have enough enrollment um to justify running for 10 weeks (laughs) Mm. um like by the time we had a zoom call last week we only had one enrollment so far Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but my coworker gave me a sticker. She had so many stickers. She was like, "Please take this." I'm like, "Okay, fine." And it was like a Mandalorian sticker. Um, There's like a, a little chibi art style. It's really cute, but it's still in the bottom of it in my bag. Like every time I look at my bag, I'm like, "Oh, well, there it is." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I need to put this somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just it just feels so permanent. <laughs> I know, and then you don't yeah. want to like put it on something where it will get wrecked. Yeah. And, uh, like, I finally put the, um, uh, like, a what a time to be alive sticker, which has, like, the Grim Reaper uh, <laughs> on it. I finally put it on my uh, water bottle, and it's, so it's accompanying my Stop Putin sticker from, like, two years ago. Oh, nice. And then I finally put on the uh, Historians Do It Chicago style on my, mm. my computer, because <laughs> I had a little uh, spot open. Nice. Yeah, I know. I like seeing like computers with them on them, but with uh, stickers on it. But I just could never do it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, yeah. I don't have a Mac, so I feel like it looks different if we run like on an HP or because like this is just this is a black laptop compared to like the gray laptop people have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, do you have like a, a cover on you? I don't, I don't have a cover now either. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure that's also an issue too. Yeah, that's a bit yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to get a new laptop, but this one serves me okay so i don't know we'll see what happens in the near future i'll need a new computer cord because it's slowly turning green Mm. um i think like not from me touching it i think it's just because it's like right by where it plugs in Mm -hmm. so it's uh i think the material's kind of breaking down a little bit yeah from being bent uh I try my best not to have it bent that way, but I guess it's, well, it's, it's been like five years since I've had it. So uh, (laughs) I think I'm allowed to get a new one. Yeah. Oh, and then speaking of things that are falling apart, our car's muffler uh, went out, I guess, or whatever (laughs) term you call it. So my sister's like, okay, just be prepared for this. And I hate it when cars have that like, sound. Um, and they go like racing down our street but now it's our car that's doing it <laughs> and it's it's so not a sound that you would associate with our kind of car is that the um the forerunner 
uh, Rav Four. Oh, the Rav Four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so it's just like a quaint little car, and then all of a sudden it's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, hopefully we'll get that fixed soon. But I'm we we went to do some errands today, and I was really embarrassed. Yeah, and we were getting some weird looks on the street. So yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely feel embarrassed when my car is making noises. <laughs> so there's like a lot of people around you, like ignore me. It's fine. I don't know what's happening, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to get into it? Yeah, for sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 28 of History of the Spotlight on Hamilton, part one. The long-awaited episode. I know. Oh, scary. I hope to do it justice. Um, So yeah, we're doing Hamilton. We're doing act one. Um, I'll talk about like the first half of the characters, um, or like the the main five. Then next week, I'll talk about like the secondary five. They're also important, but Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. So Hamilton, I'm sure you all know. (laughs) Hamilton tells the story of American family father Alexander Hamilton and his trials and tribulations. Um, And this this uh, this half of the show covers his early life to like fatherhood. Um, Then you'll find out next week. Um, Spoilers for Hamilton, but it's it's been Disney Plus for almost a year now. So I can't believe it. Honestly, I remember when I when I found out it was going to Disney Plus, I was like really they're actually doing it <laughs> but it's also like month four of quarantine they're like you know what we need to throw a bone right now yeah um i remember watching it with my parents and unfortunately they didn't understand it <laughs> yeah. um, which I, I could like some of it could be attributed to the sound on our tv being a bit weird where like the music is really loud but you can have like hardly hear people talking mm-hmm. um but yeah, they're just not used to rap and uh, yeah. like rap musicals and stuff. So it's, it's even a stretch just having them watch a musical, like mm-hmm. a rap musical is, <laughs> or a hip hop musical is a bit yeah. uh, more of a stretch. Yeah, this one, there's a difference between this and In the Heights because In the Heights isn't sung through. Like there's scenes between, like there's like book scenes during the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that one's a bit more accessible just because it's, it doesn't seem so like hoity-toity because it's not about fan fathers. It's about like real people from... I guess it's not real people, but like it's about like down to earth people from like nowadays or like more common than like the 1800s. I wouldn't call Hamilton hoity toity, like the production overall. And I wouldn't say the production is, but like the sometimes, it, like when I listen to it, it can come out off a little bit pretentious. Oh, okay. I don't know. It, I don't know how to describe it, but like, they use a lot bigger words <laughs> like sometimes the, like the, I don't know, this is gonna sound weird but like sometimes the words they use I understand what they mean but I'm like really they had to use that word there but like Lin-Manuel Miranda is a, is a genius so he can use this whole lexicon if he wants <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah so what do you research for this week uh so I researched uh the uh history of Alexander Hamilton or like his life or mm-hmm. whatever um, but only up to a certain point because mm-hmm. I only I wanted to do first act. Don't want to get ahead of myself, and also because yeah. the second half is a lot. So yeah, I was like, oh, we're gonna be here for a yeah. Because the second act is we don't like split this up. The second act is a lot more dense. Like it, like he mm-hmm. he go he grows a lot in the first act. The first act is a lot growing, like in a big amount of time. Like he's going from nineteen to like a father. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it's that time. It's that time of the 
1700s they were able to have children a lot earlier i guess we are too but like that was just socially acceptable of children a lot earlier then um <laughs> but he was still like 30 years or something when he had his kids so but yeah so and there's a lot less growth in between like time-wise in the second act yeah yeah it seems kind of like a rise and fall kind mm-hmm. of thing um I definitely prefer the first act more than the second act because the first act it's like oh all this stuff is happening yeah victory and stuff but then second act you're like oh no Alexander why yeah uh, you like you're like the first act you're like rooting for him the second act you're like stop (laughs) they literally say no to him a million times (laughs) um and then I also thought that it would be useful to talk about the American Revolutionary War Mm. like like not completely because that would be Huge. a long <laughs> yeah. thing to do. Um, so I just talked, uh, found notes about the lead up and what caused it because I think mm. that's something that not really discussed all that much in the musical except for like heavy taxation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I decided to do that. Um, which would you prefer to hear first, Alexander Hamilton or the lead up to the American Revolution? Um, Alexander Hamilton, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, Alexander Hamilton was born January 11th, 1755 or 1757. It depends. They're not completely sure. And he died on July 12th, 1804. He was an American statesman, politician, legal scholar, military commander, lawyer, banker, and economist. He had many different hats that he liked to try on um he was one of the founding fathers of the united states he was an influential interpreter and promoter of the u.s constitution as well as the founder of the nation's financial system uh the federalist party the united states coast guard as well as the new york post newspaper so that was our little summary Mm -hmm. and let's dive into his early life So Alexander Hamilton was born out of wedlock in Charleston, Nevis, uh, Charlestown, Nevis, sorry, uh, which is in the Caribbean. His mother was Rachel Fawcett and his father was James A. Hamilton, who was a Scotsman. It is not certain whether, well, as I said before, it's not certain whether he was born in 1755 or 1757, though Hamilton refers to his birth year as 1757 in his writings. Mm. Alexander also had a brother called James Hamilton Jr. So his father abandoned his mother and the family moved to St. Croix, where she later died of yellow fever on February 19th, 1768. From then on, Hamilton and his brother were orphaned. Uh, Hamilton became a clerk at the local import-export firm that traded with New York and New England, during this time, he and his brother were taken in by a cousin, that, but that cousin later committed suicide in 1769, and the brothers were subsequently separated afterwards. Um, James was sent to apprentice with a local carpenter, and Alexander was taken in by a prosperous merchant by the name of Thomas Stevens. Hamilton was an avid reader and enjoyed writing, but he also began to desire a life beyond the island upon which he lived. One of his mentors sent an essay to Hamilton, uh, uh, sent an essay of Hamilton's to be published in the Royal Danish American Gazette, 
which impressed community leaders and they organized a fund to send Hamilton to the North American colonies to continue his education. In October 1772, Hamilton arrived by ship in Boston and proceeded from there to New York City. He lodged with Hercules Mulligan, who as the brother of a trader known to Hamilton's benefactors, assisted Hamilton in selling cargo that was to pay for his education and support. Hamilton entered Mulligan's alma mater, King's College, which is now known as Columbia in New York City in, the, or in autumn of 1773 as a private student, but officially enrolled in May 1774. Hamilton's studies were interrupted before he could graduate when the college closed its doors during the British occupation of the city. In 1775, after the first engagement of American troops with the British at Lexington and Concord, Hamilton and other King's College students joined a New York volunteer militia company called the Corsicans, later renamed or reformed as the Hearts of Oak. He drilled with the company before classes in the graveyard of the nearby St. Paul's Chapel, and Hamilton studied military history and tactics on his own and was soon recommended for promotion. Under fire from the HMS Asia, he led a successful raid for British cannons in the battery, the capture of which resulted in the Heart of, Hearts of Oak becoming an artillery company thereafter. Uh, Hamilton was invited to become the aide to William Alexander, Lord Sterling, and another general, uh, they say perhaps Nathaniel Green or Alexander McDougall, but he declined these invitations, believing his best chance for improving his, in station, or his station in life was glory on the battlefield. Uh, Hamilton eventually received an invitation that he felt he could not refuse, that is to serve as Washington's aide with the rank of Lieutenant Colonel. Hamilton served four years as Washington's chief of staff aide, or chief staff aide. Uh, he handled letters to Congress, state governors, and the most powerful generals in the Continental Army. Uh, he drafted many of Washington's orders and letters at the latter's direction. So during the war, Hamilton became the close friend of several fellow officers. His letters to the Marquis de Lafayette and to John Lawrence, employing the sentimental literary conventions of the late 18th century and alluding to Greek history and mythology, have been read by Jonathan Ned Katz, an American historian of human sexuality, as revelatory of a homosocial or even homosexual relationship. Biographer Gregory D. Massey, amongst others, by contrast, dismisses all such speculation as unsubstantiated, describing their friendship as purely platonic camaraderie instead and placing their correspondence in the context of the flowery diction of the time. So there is, uh, through researching this, I discovered a historical inaccuracy with the musical. Um, so Lawrence was in fact not present at Hamilton's wedding due to the terms of his parole after being a POW under the British in May of 1780. Mm. So uh, in the musical, he uh, walks down the aisle with, I think, who? I think. Angelica? Uh, I think it's with Peggy, isn't it? Well, I thought it was... Um, I thought that Peggy walked down with Lafayette because he said something oh, to her and right, her yeah, eyes were like, yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Thought, I think, yeah, I think he just walked down the aisle with Angelica. 
Yeah, I think it, I just remember because right, Angel- Angelica was not too impressed with it. And then um, uh, Mulligan has the flowers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so stating that one must tread gingerly in approaching this matter, Hamilton biographer Ron Chernow wrote that it is impossible to say with any certainty that Lawrence and Hamilton were lovers, noting that such an affair would have required the exercise of extraordinary precautions because sodomy was a capital offense throughout the colonies at the time. Chernow concluded that based on the available evidence, at the very least, we can say that Hamilton developed something like an adolescent crush on his friend. According to Chernow, Hamilton did not form friendships easily and never again revealed his interior life to another man as he had to Lawrence. And after Lawrence's death, Hamilton shut off some compartment of his emotions and never reopened it. Yeah, so it's either, I was kind of wondering because a lot of people have talked about how uh, Lawrence and Hamilton's like friendship or relationship was kind of interpreted on stage. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I was I was watching it carefully, and I was just like, "Oh, some of the looks that they're giving each other mm-hmm. seem very like kind yeah, of longing." I, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you if you look at it, it's there. If you don't look at it, it's not there. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's up to interpretation. If you if you if you look at it too long, then it'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. if you're searching for it, you'll find it. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is hard with interpretation because even they bring it up with, uh, I think it's Angelica talking about one of the letters that Hamilton sent her, like, mm-hmm. oh, you changed the comma from, like, my dearest Angelica to my dearest Angelica. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah like, I when know. I'm not used to the, the writing style, it's hard. Yeah. It feels kind of like feels kind of like dismissive to say there wasn't anything there because you don't know like this like as much as you're a historian you also weren't there mm-hmm. and it's hard to tell like you just kind of have to go off of what is what you think is there yeah and like make like edu- like making educated guesses yeah. yeah I think that Hamilton's one of his grandsons was actually named Lawrence Hamilton mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh and it thereafter became like a family name Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it could always just be that they were like because he had a hard time keeping relationships uh, or like uh, friendships mm-hmm. Lawrence could have been the world to him anyways in, like in a platonic sense yeah he named his uh, one two three four fifth child um, uh, John Church and John was Lawrence's first name well, John was a pretty common name. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I meant like his his grandson was like named Lawrence. Oh, grandson, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, John it has to be a family name. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't think you're the only one who has as <laughs> a family name. This is a this is a side thing, but I remember I saw a tweet a little while ago, or no, this is like when I was like, deep in my Hamilton phase, like a couple mm-hmm. years ago, and um. It was like, 
um somebody posted a picture of like philip hamilton like a like a commissioned portrait of him oh yeah like they're like lynn why didn't you tell us that he was so hot and then he was like i'm pretty sure i did (laughs) (laughs) i remember that (laughs) yeah and like shows a picture of uh (laughs) yeah 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 in the heights oh yeah yeah i was looking at some of the other stuff that he's been in and uh i found this terrible little movie called like honest thief that had like it's one of those weird liam neeson like definitely a cash grab for him oh like a like a action movie but he yeah too much yeah yeah like the dialogue is horrendous i know like oh. or i don't know if it's a dialogue or it's just liam neeson's like liam neeson has his own problems too <laughs> Yeah, but just just like his acting when he's like delivering some of the things, like I I laughed out loud yeah. at certain points because he's like, Agent Nevin, I'm coming for you. And I was like, I know this is supposed to be like really like foreboding and like scary, but you didn't deliver it properly, but sometimes it feels like, do you even need to audition for that? Do you just need to look the part? Like like I know Liam Neeson is an actor or whatever, but like, is he an actor with a capital A? Like, that's kind of like biggest question about like a lot of action movies. But I mean, there are action movies that have really good acting. Like, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm trying to think of what. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like, uh, <laughs> like the um, like like J- like the Jason Bourne series is pretty good, and like same with um. Oh my God! It's Jason Bourne. I know um and sorry what's the other one they have um like uh, i've recently watched the john wick movies but john I wouldn't wick, say that's that, what, yeah i wouldn't say that's amazing acting yeah but i mean it's also keanu reeves i'm trying to like it's just like people like, keep asking me if i'm back yeah i think i'm back yeah, <laughs> yeah but i feel like people give a lot of pl- i mean i give a lot of flat action actors so it's like um <laughs> i mean give the credit where credit is due but also you don't really you just need to look good and have fun the action was bad yeah like in uh in honest thief oh yeah just like he tried to kill my girlfriend i'm (laughs) going after you agent nevin the only good part was anthony ramos uh Mm. and he played like a kind of corrupt cop but kind of sees the error of his ways at the very end and also his wife is played by his real life fiance. Oh, Jessica. Yeah, yeah, she oh, shows up nice. there too. Oh yeah, I think he got engaged last um like winter. Mm-hmm. Um they were like in Paris and it was like it was just gorgeous. Like their proposal of like, oh my God. <laughs> like they I think they're I don't know if they're at, they're not at, they're not at, at the Eiffel Tower, but they're like in Paris somewhere and it's so pretty. I think I remember and, it was like some sort of garden area. Uh, they're, they're both gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways <laughs> all right let's let's go on at like, least what like we were to... talking about was vaguely yeah. on point i feel like we have to have two episodes about like the show itself and then like the third episode about like the fandom and like the cast and like <laughs> uh I'm, and... I... <laughs> no <laughs> nope we're on a schedule max we got things no that i we know got. i know <laughs> In like in like November, we don't have a schedule. We can just like talk about the fandom and Miss Cleeter. Oh, we 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 do have a schedule. Yeah, I in know. November, like until the end of the year. Oh wow. Okay. I've set it up. Okay, cool. 
which which it's 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 open to changes yeah while hamilton was stationed in morristown new jersey in the winter of december 1779 uh onwards until march 9 or march 1780 he met elizabeth schuyler a daughter of general philip schuyler and catherine van rensselaer uh the two were married on december 14th 1780 at the schuyler mansion in albany new york i always get a little bit confused with the um oh how do you like how you spell it Mm. um because it looks like schuyler yeah, sometimes it feels like it should be like Schuyler or like what's going to be pronounced Schuyler should be like S-K-Y-L-E-R or like L-A-R, mm-hmm. like Schuyler Aston. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that that's your first. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Elizabeth and Alexander Hamilton had eight children, though there is often confusion because two sons were named Philip. Mm-hmm. So you have Philip the first. Uh, from 1782 to 1801 and he died in a duel just as Mm. his father would three years later Um, then you have Angelica who was born in 1784 then Alexander Jr. in 1786 and then James Alexander because you know you still have to put that Alexander in there Mm. in 1788 John Church in 1792 William Stephen in 1797, Eliza in 1799, and then Philip once again, who is also called Little Phil in 1802. So he was named after his older brother who had been killed in a duel the previous year. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a... I don't know about like renaming or reusing a name Mm -hmm. that has been previously used by like another one of your children mm-hmm. yeah and they all yeah. lived like except for like obviously like philip they all had pretty long lives like the, the shortest one i can see from here is like 53 for william stephen yeah that's, that's i was kind of good. surprised <laughs> i mean but they're i mean they're upper, they're upper class i'm sure they can afford to like have health care oh, yeah. they got the, <laughs> they have the they've good. got the hamilton name and they've learned yeah. not to get into duels yeah by that point <laughs> yeah um, yeah, so while on Washington's staff, Hamilton's long sought command and a return to active combat. As the war drew near to an end, uh, he knew that opportunities for military glory were diminishing. So on February 15th, 1781, Hamilton was reprimanded by Washington after a minor under- misunderstanding. I had originally thought that it was the time that lawrence and lee would have their duel but that was actually in 1778 so uh, a couple years earlier um Mm. also historical inaccuracy it was ed or evan edwards who was lee's second not aaron burr Mm. i think that was just for narrative yeah yeah i I remember lynn has mentioned a couple times that he takes liberties with the show and it's not supposed to be like a one-to-one it's supposed to be like a retelling but with like yeah with the best he can do <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah. like it's supposed to make you more interested in the history mm. um like if it, it makes you look deeper into it like oh wait philip didn't actually die in in 1800 he died um in 18 no no the election wasn't uh wait well the, the duel the... or the hamilton bird duel didn't happen immediately after the election yeah yeah it wasn't uh, it wasn't because of that it was later on 
Yeah. Yeah. It was like three years afterwards or something. Yeah, he had three. It was like 1801, Philip died, then 1804, Hamilton died. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. there's like a three year grudge until he killed Hamilton. He <laughs> <laughs> had a long time to mull it over. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember seeing that one person took issue with uh, Burr saying, like, oh, I'm, I won't let this man make an orphan of my daughter. Mm. By that time, his daughter was grown and had her own child yeah and i remember i remember seeing that too and they were like dude like his (laughs) his kid just died like he has seven other kids that are still pretty young your daughter is like (laughs) 20 and has a husband and a child yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) he's like what are you talking about so this this man will not make an orphan of my grown-up mother daughter (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was the 1800s. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anywho, <laughs> although Washington quickly tried to mend their relationship, Hamilton insisted on leaving his staff. So he officially left in March and settled with Eliza close to Washington's headquarters. He repeatedly asked Washington and others for a field command. Uh, Washington demurred citing the need to appoint men of higher rank and and this disagreement continued until early July 1781 when Hamilton submitted a letter to Washington with his commission enclosed thus tacitly threatening to resign if he did not get his desired command. So on July 31st Washington relented and assigned Hamilton as commander of a battalion of light infantry companies of the 1st and 2nd New York regiments and two provisional companies from Connecticut. Uh, Yeah, it goes without saying this is all from Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. I would not be able to even attempt to try to paraphrase this without losing my mind. So it's a lot of copy paste. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) sometimes when i'm doing it it's like my university mind is going oh my god why Mm. why are you doing this this is not allowed we're not creating creators it's okay (laughs) that's fine yeah i'm not i'm not interested in writing an essay every single episode yeah for sure (laughs) i have to do that for my own classes yeah (laughs) um so in the planning for the assault on yorktown hamilton was giving command of three battalions which were to fight in conjunction with the Allied French troops in taking redoubts number nine and number 10 of the British fortifications at Yorktown. Hamilton and his battalions took redoubt uh, number 10 with bayonets in a nighttime action as planned. Uh, take the bullets out your gun. Bullets mm-hmm. out your gun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the French also suffered heavy casualties and took redoubt number nine. These actions forced the British surrender of an entire army at Yorktown, Virginia, marking the de facto end of the war, although small battles continued for two more years until the signing of the Treaty of Paris and the departure of the last British troops. So after Yorktown, Hamilton returned to New York and resigned his commission in March 1782. So now that the war was over, Hamilton returned to his studies and after some months of quote unquote self-study, by July 1782, Hamilton passed the bar exam, and in October of that same year, Hamilton was licensed to argue cases before the Supreme Court of the state of New York. Uh, Hamilton was appointed in July 1782 to the Cong- or Congress of the Confederation as a New York representative for the term beginning in November 1782, but he later resigned from Congress in 1783. 
The next year, in 1784, he founded the Bank of New York, one of the oldest still existing banks in America. Uh, Hamilton was one of the men who restored King's College as Columbia College, which has been or which had been suspended since 1776 and severely damaged during the war. In 1787, uh, big jump here. Uh, so Hamilton recruited John Jay and James Madison to write a series of essays now known as the Federalist Papers to defend the proposed constitution. They all collectively wrote under the pseudonym, pseudonym Publius, 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 I don't know. Uh, but Hamilton made the largest contribution to that effort, writing 51 of the 85 essays published. So Madison wrote 29 and Jay wrote the other five. Uh, Hamilton supervised the entire project, enlisted the, the participants, wrote the majority of the essays and oversaw the publication. So yeah, he was a uh, nonstop. Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, the, <laughs> the entire time you've done, you've done this, I'm like, like going through the songs in my head. Like the intro was like, that, "That's Hamilton." This is literally the song Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. 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 Seventeen seventy six, New York City. Um. So the <laughs> the papers first appeared in the Independent Journal on October twenty seventh, seventeen eighty seven. So the president, George Washington, appointed Hamilton as the first United States Secretary of the Treasury on September 11th, 1789, where he led the Treasury Department as a trusted member of President Washington's first cabinet. So that is the end of Act One. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, just so much, there's so much that happens. And like, honestly, I know. This is how you do a historical musical. And I cut out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I feel like, it feels like this is how you do a historical music properly because like the way you described all that it was like yeah that, I remember I remember that part of the show mm -hmm. yeah yeah so uh, yeah like I'm not one who's really big on uh like history before the 1900s but mm. or yeah but it's it Hamilton made you interested in it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's just crazy how many like history kids became like how many theater kids turned into history kids from Hamilton. Yeah, and see, <laughs> or that's... like or like vice versa. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things that we brought up in our well, in my American history and film course was how mm -hmm. um, more and more like film has been used as a way to convey history and mm -hmm. document history. Like while it's not perfect, like it's not gonna show everything beat for or note for note mm -hmm. but it's just going to inspire more interest in it yeah so that you'd be like oh this was an interesting film i'm kind of interested in learning more about it oh well, mm -hmm. i'm gonna take this book out of the library and become an expert on whatever whatever mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of how i really got into history was because i really liked movies firstly and then watching movies with some of my favorite actors in it like I became a bit of a, an expert on uh, the assassination of uh, Reinhard Heydrich because I watched the film uh, Anthropoid because it had Killian Murphy in it. Mm -hmm. And I really like <laughs> Killian Murphy. So that was why I saw it. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> All right. So that's, uh, that's Alexander Hamilton for you. Yeah. Part one. Mm um okay so the characters oh did you have the revolutionary war too yeah but we can uh you can do your your thing okay i'll do characters and you can go into revolutionary war okay so these are the characters i did um 
the top five build, I think. Um, and these are the uh, casting call descriptions from like when they were doing auditions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, Alexander, Alexander Hamilton, an earnest, ambitious hothead, a man possessed, seeks his mind no matter the cost, must be able to rap very well. Eminem, <laughs> M- <laughs> M- uh, Eminem meets Sweeney Todd. Oh, I um, love it when they add like inspiration kind of. Yeah, he has that for all of them. Oh, um, great. Yeah, and then Eliza Hamilton, fiercely loyal, self-possessed, proud, evolves from lovesick, wealthy young woman to the soul keeper of a late husband's legacy. Alicia Keys meets Alphaba. <laughs> <laughs> um, Angelica Seiler, uh, fierce, dazzling, brilliant, can read a room and everyone in it instantly. Um, deeply in love with Hamilton, who is married to her beloved sister, Eliza. Uh, Nicki Minaj meets Desiree Armfelt. I wouldn't have seen the Nicki Minaj aspect of it, though. Like, I, the only thing I can think of is satisfied, like, the fast part. But, like, it's, but, like, it's, that's more Beyonce than Nicki Minaj. I would love to see Nicki Minaj do that bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Aaron Burr, uh, the narrator, a cool, steely reserve, an orphan raised in wealth, uh, plays his cards and opinions close to the vest. Uh, slow to anger, but when he gets there, look out. <laughs> oh my um, goodness. Uh, Javert meets Mazdef. That is so true. Yeah. Um, I don't know who Mazdef is, but... Me neither. Um, I, I agree with the Javert, though. <laughs> Javert, yeah. Um, then George Washington, authoritative, regal, aloof, aware of his place in history at all times. John Legend meets Mufasa. <laughs> 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 and, like, they all make sense. Like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's like so so like he like I totally get what he's saying when he's saying once he says it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we'll cover the rest of them, the double casted roles, and then also the king next week. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, do you want to talk about the Revolutionary War? Okay. I think it's only it's not an insane amount. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, yeah. So we've got the lead up to the American Revolutionary War. So apparently, there's a difference between the American Revolution and the American Revolutionary War, mm. which I didn't know about. Um, like the American Revolution went on for a lot longer, or mm-hmm. was began a lot earlier, and then kind of ended where the American Revolutionary War did. So. It was a conflict between the Americans of the 13 colonies versus the British during, yeah, the American Revolutionary War of 1775 to 1783. Um, So that lasted about eight years, four months, and 15 days. Uh, The, what do you call it? Uh, The result was that the colonies gained independence from the British crown, thereby establishing the United States of America. America. Um, (laughs) So the belligerents uh, were the United States uh, with France alongside co-belligerents of Spain and the Dutch Republic uh, versus Great Britain and the loyalists alongside some German forces here and there, which I didn't know about. I was just, I just thought it was like Great Britain loyalists. Uh, along with some uh, Native American forces, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there were many on the side of the United States and France. I don't know. Um, the 13 colonies at the time, so you had New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, 
Rhode Island, New York, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, uh, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. So after their victory in the French and Indian War, and as well as the Seven Years' War, the British government was deep in debt. Uh, so in order to get some more money, they introduced two acts that inspired ire from the colonies. So the first act was the Stamp Act of 1765, and it was an act of the Parliament of Great Britain, which imposed a direct tax on the British colonies in America and required that many printed materials in the colonies be produced on stamped paper produced in London, carrying an embossed revenue stamp. Uh, so printed materials included legal documents, magazines, playing cards, newspapers, and many other types of paper used throughout the colonies. And it had to be paid in British currency, not in colonial paper money. So that caused some issues. Um, in, and number two was the Townshend Acts. Uh, so that refers to a series of British Acts of Parliament passed during uh, 1767 and 1768 relating to the British colonies in America. The purposes of the acts were to uh, raise revenue in the colonies to pay the salaries of governors and judges so that they would remain loyal to Great Britain, uh, to create more effective means of enforcing compliance with trade regulations. Another reason was to punish the province of New York for failing to comply with the 1765 Quartering Act which was an act that required local governments of the American colonies to provide British soldiers with housing and food. And another reason was to establish the precedent that the British Parliament had the right to tax the colonies. So the Townshend Acts were met with resistance in the colonies, which eventually resulted in the Boston Massacre of 1770, where British soldiers shot and killed five individuals while they were being harassed by a mob in Boston. There was widespread protest and American port cities refused to import British goods. So parliament began to partially repeal the Townshend duties. Well, that was another word for the Townshend Acts. Um, in March, 1770, most of the taxes from the Townshend Acts were repealed by parliament under Frederick Lord North. However, the import duty on tea was retained in order to demonstrate to the colonists that parliament held the sovereign authority to tax its colonies in accordance with the Declaration Act of 1766, yada, yada. Um, the British government continued to tax the American colonies without providing representation in parliament. So what was it? Like no taxation without representation? Mm -hmm. That was kind of the, the big saying of the time. Yeah. So American resentment, corrupt British officials, and abusive enforcement spurred colonial attacks on British ships, including the burning of the HMS Gaspé, which was a British customs schooner? Schooner? Schooner, yeah. yeah. Schooner. Is that what's on the back of one of the coins? Um, is that what's on the dime? That's the schooner, right? Or a schooner. <laughs> I don't know if it's a classification or if it's an individual type. Um... That would be something to look into because I've never okay. mm. the the Canadian dime. Yeah. Or why why would we have which which is the schooner? Oh, the blue nose. Blue nose. Never mind. <laughs> why was it famous? 
okay i don't this, no i can't go down this rabbit hole yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh the british customs schooner in 1772 so the townshend acts taxation on imported tea was enforced once again by the tea act of 1773 and this led to the boston tea party in 1773 in which Bostonians destroyed a shipment of taxed tea. Parliament responded with severe punishments in the Intolerable, Act, intolerable Acts of 1774, which took away self-governance and rights that Massachusetts had enjoyed since its founding. So in retaliation, the 13 colonies drilled their militia units and war finally erupted in Lexington and Concord on the 19th of April, 1775, launching the American Revolution or American Revolutionary War. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I got. Nice. Okay, so the book, music, and lyrics are all by Lynn Manuel Miranda. Woohoo! Um, yeah, so Lynn Manuel Miranda, <laughs> Lynn, <ma-ma-ma-ma>. um, <laughs> Lynn Manuel Miranda, Lynn Manuel Miranda was born in New York City, New York, to parents Dr. Luz Towns Miranda, a clinical psychologist, and Louise A. Miranda Jr., a Democratic Party consultant. Um, I believe he consulted on a mayoral race in the 90s? I'm not sure, I saw it earlier. Um, uh, His family is very close to their Puerto Rican roots, spending at at least one month a year in Vega Alta. Um, Miranda went to Wesleyan Wesleyan University. While there, he wrote his first draft of In the Heights after graduation. He started working with Thomas Cale on In the Heights. Uh, book writer Kiala, Kiara Alegria uh, Hoodies? Hoods? Ooh, joined <laughs> the team in 2004. Um, the show premiered on Broadway in March 2008, uh, getting nominated for 13 Tony Awards, winning four, including Best Musical and Best Original Score for Miranda. Um, after leaving the show, he wrote Spanish lyrics for the 2009 revival of West Side Story with uh, Stephen Sondheim. Um, in 2011, he co-wrote the music and lyrics for Bring It On the Musical, uh, which opened on Broadway in August 2012 and closed in December 2012. In 2014, he won an Emmy for his song Bigger, uh, the opening song of the 67th Tony Awards. Uh, in 2008, he read in 2008 he read the Ron Chernow biography of Alexander Hamilton and started bringing Hamilton in American Musical. In 2009, he performed a rap about Alexander Hamilton at the White House. Um, Elements of which became the opening number of the show. Have you seen the performance of him at the White House? Um, like the first one when he was just himself in the. Oh, I feel like I have, but I don't. I only remember the like one last time. So oh, that's the that was later on. That was when okay. he went the full time. But I remember it was like a poetry night at the Obama's house or something. Um, oh, okay. So we had a bunch of poets, and he came with the Alexander Hamilton song. Um, everyone was like laughing, like, oh, this is so weird. It's like Alexander Hamilton. And then, like, seven <laughs> years later, like, the show was like the biggest thing ever. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the Obamas were like, oh, yeah, this guy's kind of weird now. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. gotta and then, words um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, he spent the following year uh, writing My Shot, uh, revising several times for every verse to reflect Alexander Hamilton's, Alexander Hamilton's intellect. Uh, the full musical premiered off-Broadway in 2015 at the Public Theatre, later that year opening on Broadway in, 20, in August 6, 2015. The show was nominated for 16 Tony Awards, a record for nominations, mm-hmm. and won 11, falling one short of the record set by the producers. 
um the issue was what there was like there was three um guys nominated for best featured actor there was two uh and then there was two nominated for best actor um so i mean they could have if they got lighting and they got featured actress i think no if they got leading actress because philippa sue didn't win but cynthia rebo did and she was just amazing so i don't blame her for winning Mm um uh but yeah there was um but they swept the Tonys basically completely in every category except for like i think was scenic design which was won by bandstand i think oh uh something else won it um, and then uh, she didn't win it, but that's okay. Um, she was still so good. Um, after Hamilton, Miranda started a long-standing relationship with Disney, initially getting hired on for Moana and then expanding on to other properties. Mm-hmm. He, uh, so he wrote the music for Moana. And also, his vocals are featured in the um, like the flashback song. Um, like the, yeah. yeah. Uh, we Know the Way. We Know the Way, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that moment is so good. I love... I love Moana. Um, uh, yeah. He wrote he wrote the Cantina song for Star Wars: The Force Awakens, as well oh, as yeah. as well as appeared a cameo in Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Um, Blake, you'll miss it. <laughs> um, he also voices as the character Fenton Gizmo Duck Crackshaw Cabrera in the reboot of Ducktales. He played Jack, a chimney sweep, in Mary Poppins Returns, opposite Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. After all his work with Disney, Disney aired the original film stage production of Hamilton on Disney Plus on July 3rd, 2020. Um, after a few years of different produ- studios and producers, um, the film adaptation of In the Heights premiered on the big screen on June 10th, 2021. Um, he is currently writing new songs for Little Mermaid with Alan Menken. His directorial debut, Tick Tick Boom, will premiere on Netflix in uh, 2021. All told, uh, Miranda has won three Tony Awards, one Emmy, three Grammys, and has been nominated for Academy Award, as well as he won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama for Hamilton. Ooh. So we got to get him an Academy Award. Um, yeah, we're getting closer to the got there. I, I mean, we could get, I mean, he, he'll he be eligible probably with uh, his direction for Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, although it's on streaming service. Do they take streaming service uh, movies on there? I think so. They Well, they're starting to. Starting to, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they kind of had to last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the whole big thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just so crazy seeing how, how much like obviously people knew who he was from In the Heights. Like he like he was a rookie at the time In the Heights came out. Like it was like I think he graduated like a couple of years before. Um, and I think he would, he'd been oh, he, oh yeah he won the uh, Jonathan Larson genius grant i think oh no he, got, he i mean he macarthur Genius grant later on but he got a jonathan larson uh grant for um for music leader writing that's um jonathan larson's a creator of rent um he also wrote tick tick boom um ah. yeah so every year they give it to some up-and-comer who's uh just to help them along with their creative process well it did yeah it definitely worked <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So the cast: um, Philippa Sue was born in Liberty, Libertyville, Illinois, graduated from Juilliard in 2012. After graduation, she joined the cast of Natasha Pierre uh, in *A Great Comet* of 1812, in the title role, staying until Off Broadway when she left to join the cast of Hamilton as Eliza. Um, and thank God she did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the show was really good. Um, but she was nominated for a Tony Award for Best Leading Actress in a Musical. 
after leaving Hamilton, she joined the cast of Amelie in the title role on Broadway. Um, uh, she received a Grammy for her contribution in Hamilton. Um, Renee Elise Goldsberry was born in San Jose, California, and later attended Cal- uh, Carnegie Mellon University. After some tour, uh, sorry, after some TV work, she joined the cast of The Lion King of Nala and also toured with Dreamgirls. She, originally relo- she originated the role of Nettie Harris in The Color Purple. In 2015, she joined the cast of Hamilton and stayed through Broadway, earning her Tony for Best Featured Actress in Musical as well as a Grammy. Um, and she is currently starring in Girls 5 EPA on Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, sorry. No worries. Um, like, I remember seeing her in Altered Carbon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I should revisit that because Anthony Mackie's on that. Mm. Yeah, I haven't uh, watched Altered Carbon. It's it's weird. It's some <laughs> yeah. some aspects are really like hypersexual, so that's kind of like eh, a major yeah. drawback for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Leslie Odom Jr. Um, uh, he is. Uh, he just had a baby. He just had a baby. Oh right. Did. Yeah, yeah. With I know. <laughs> with <laughs> um. Oh, who is he married to? Um, Nicole. I want to say. She was in something that we covered, wasn't it? Oh, she was. Um, oh, that's going to bother me. Me too. Um, Nicolette Robinson. Um, one, one second. Uh, <laughs> one second. Um, let's see, we'll talk about you later on. Mm-hmm. Um, none of these look... It's probably one of our like weird obscure ones. Uh, I mean, she was nominated or she received a scholarship from the Jackie Robinson Foundation, but I feel like that wouldn't be we wouldn't have covered mm. that. Um, I don't, I don't think we talked about that recently. Other stage stuff was uh, Lampica, Invisible Thread, Brooklynite, and Waitress. Um, oh, she's in One Night in Miami, and we talked about him and her. Okay. Um, Still have yet to see that. Jesus, I need to get a move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So he's an American actor who made his Broadway debut on, in, uh, on Broadway in 1998. Um, but his first breakout role was as Aaron Burr in Hamilton in 2015, which, which earned him the Tony Award for Best Actor in Musical and a Grammy Award for uh, Best uh, Musical Theater Album. Um, he's had some uh, TV success, uh, TV and movie success lately. Um, Mm-hmm. He starred in uh, Harriet and Murder on the Orient Express, and he's currently in mm-hmm. Central Park. And uh, what was the other one? He was in The Good Wife, uh, Gotham, Law and Order SVU, because everyone has to be in Law and Order SVU if you're on Broadway. <laughs> um, Wait, he was in Gotham? Yeah, uh, Ian Hargrove. No idea. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it was it was one episode. He had a cameo on Gilmore Girls, of all things. Oh, really? Yeah, I we were re-watching it at the beginning of the pandemic, and then he showed up as, uh, uh, what is it, like... Quentin Princeton, Walsh. Princeton something or else. It's uh, Quentin Walsh. Well, uh, it, they just called him... Oh, like, they called Prince, him... Princeton oh, okay. Pratt or something like that, because oh, okay. he was uh, kind of annoying. <laughs> Ooh, he is set to be in Knives Out 2. Ooh... Oh, right, he was in music. 
Oh. I watched the trailer for that. It seems questionable. It's, uh, yeah. It's a movie with that much controversy. It's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And by controversy, I mean misrepresentation, misrepresentation of autism. Yep. Um, and then Christopher Jackson. Um, he is an American uh, actor and singer. Quite a singer. Oh, so good. Um, <laughs> you don't really sing. You don't really hear too much singing from him in, the, in this in this uh, in the first act. Um, I mean, he sings "Who Lives Who Dies" until no, no uh, the first one. Um, Ooh, oh, uh, I history, had it. History has its eyes on you. Um, Wait, I thought it was something else. Oh no, second act is one last time. Okay, I got yeah. the next up. Um, well, yeah, we'll talk about him singing then. Um, he's from uh, Metropolis, Illinois. He went to AMDA, an American Musical and Dramatic Academy, um, for musical theater. Uh, he's done, honestly, like a lot of these actors from Hamilton have like. They were like they were well known. People knew them, but like after Hamilton, they just kind of blew up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so he uh, made his Broadway debut in uh, *The Lion King* as uh, Simba in 1997, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, he played Benny in *In the Heights*, um, which is like the second leading role. Um, did he get nominated for that? He did not. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very good. Um, he's in the new *In the Heights* too. <laughs> as like a cameo role. Um, uh, but he plays uh, Chef Tui in uh, Moana. Um, and he played, oh, sorry, he plays George Washington in the show. Um, say chef? Uh, chief, sorry, <laughs> did I say chef? Uh, I, I thought you were gonna talk about Ratatouille and I was like, oh my God, I didn't know he was in that. Um, and then he's also in uh, When They See Us, oh. which I've heard is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it for the cast for this half. Um, so Anthony Ramos. I know, we'll talk about it next time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's your favorite song? Oh, um, in the first so I, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I like Wait For It, uh, Satisfied, Dear Theodosia. Oh, I spelled, I wrote that wrong. Dear Theodosia. Theodosia? Mm-hmm. Doja? Do- mm. uh, Theodosia, yeah. Theodosia. Um, History Has Its Eyes on You and Yorktown. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have to say Helpless and, satisfi- helpless and Satisfied. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, Alexander Hamilton and My Shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this show. Um, I paid like $500 to see it, but I was like, you know what? I have to <laughs> see it. It's like, it's in my city. I don't want people to see it again. So I was like, fine, I'll see it. And then the pandemic happened. So I saw it was the perfect time. Oh, wow. um, I saw it in like March 7th, I think, or March 7th or March 8th in 2020. Um, and oh. I was like in like the sixth row. Um, and I was like, I'm so happy I came. And um, like, you know, when you cry and like you just feel so tingly after. Yeah. <laughs> like I was crying that much in the opening number. Not because it's sad or anything, but it's just because it's like so overwhelming and like so much would have been leading up to this. Wow, the people next to you must have loved that. <laughs> I know. It was just like some two randos who I'm sure they were like subscribers to the theater or something. They were like very like, they didn't look like hoity-toity or anything, but they definitely looked like affluent and older. Um, uh, yeah. But I was like this tw- like 19-year-old theater kid suggested I'm just crying at Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't cry for the rest of the show. And I think I got it all out in the first, in the first song. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it was just so good. Um, and my shot, like that one makes me feel a bit weepy just because it's just, he just, he's just so ambitious and he has so many ideas and goals. And I'm like, when people get passionate about something, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, then You're t- like, why can't I be like that? <laughs> I know. I wish um, I could follow my dreams. Yeah. And then satisfied, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. She what earned that Tony so good. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite character in the first act? Um, I really do like Lauren's. Yeah, like, I was thinking that too. <laughs> I like Lauren because he's just like, all right, all right, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and just, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really like Lauren's. I also really like, um, I really like uh, Lafayette. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so good. And like Madison, is, or wait, not Madison, sorry. Mulligan. Mulligan, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Uh, Mulligan, he's like a man of few words. Yeah. But just very entertaining, even yeah. without saying much. It's funny to see the, the similarities between both, their, like the double casted roles. Um, not so much Peggy and Mariah, but like the three um, like soldiers, like the similarities between the two acts. Mm-hmm. Um, like seeing how like they're both la- like both laugh lights allowed and both the um, both the Laurens and Philip are both like naive and both the Mulligan and Madison are both like quiet. Yeah. 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 And King George. Oh, I love you. Jack. <laughs> the spit. Oh. The spit. The spit. I know. I was I was watching that and I'm like, oh my god. I forgot about that. And people like all the TikTok memes around that time. Yeah, I felt so bad for Jonathan Groff around that. I know. Time. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh what else? Um I'm trying to think there's so much else, so much else we can talk about. Um uh the act who plays the embodiment of death yeah yeah uh, Ariana DeBose is that her yeah I was like oh I follow her like, like she's <laughs> the one that's like the bullet right yeah yeah she's um Ariana DeBose she's um she's gonna be starring in um oh, what is it a uh, West Side Story as uh Anita I think oh. um so that's exciting. She's done quite a bit. She was also in a Bronx Tale after this. Um, yeah, she's done a lot. Uh, she's quite well known on Broadway. Yeah. Um, like, like there's times where I'm on our uh, Instagram and I'm wondering why I'm following certain people. Yeah. Because I'm like, I must have like heard about them and then I'm like, oh yeah, I'll put them on there. So I think someone was talking about uh, the embodiment of death character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll follow them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah yeah so just some notable cast members um that weren't in the original cast um uh Javier Munoz he also covered he was um he was the alternate and then eventually the the uh the uh takeover he took over the role of Hamilton on Broadway um in in the Heights and in Hamilton for Lynn because um I think it's just they have very similar styles Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Brandon, Brandon Victor Dixon, who played um, uh, Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar Live. Um, and I think he was also in Rent Live. Yeah, he was um, Marty. That's not right. <laughs> uh, what's the guy's name? Um, 
television. Tom Collins. Never mind. I don't know why I thought Marty. <laughs> um, and then uh, Marty Collins. Yeah, uh, Daniel Breaker, who played, uh, he was the original Donkey in Shrek the Musical. Um, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Danae Benton, who actually who, she played Eliza. She um, she took over the role of uh, what is the role? Um, she took over the role of Natasha and Natasha appeared in the great comedy of 1812 after uh, Philip Pissou left. Um, and then Mandy Gonzalez, who is a Lynn Melon Miranda um, veteran, <laughs> she uh, she played Angelica on Broadway um, in uh, from September twenty sixteen. Um, she was in the Heights uh, in the original cast. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, James Monroe Iglehart, he is a genie from Aladdin. Um, he's done quite a bit else. He won a Tony for uh, Aladdin too. Um, he played uh, Lafayette slash Jefferson. Uh, Jordan Fisher played uh, uh, Lawrence slash uh, Philip um, for a little while. I'm sure you all know Jordan Fisher. Um, yeah. And then we have a whole slew of King Georges. We have Andrew Reynolds, Rory O'Malley, Taryn Killam, Brian Darcy James, and Ewan Morton. Um, uh, yeah, that's about it. There's um, It's been quite a well-known... Um, there's been a lot of people that have been part of it, or at least like, like that have been like attached to it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like it's even like, like a, even like a bunch of like um, ensemble people, it's like no, seeing like, oh, it's that ensemble member. It's not from this show. It's in this show now. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. like uh, long long haulers or yeah. But um, it's like uh, Anthony Ramos was in. 21 chump street oh right yeah yeah i i haven't watched that i've only seen the clips on like on uh instagram there's some like really catchy songs in that but i'm kind of like mad about the storyline what is the story oh it's like the drug like the like um, the drug sting or something like that yeah 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 yeah. like he only got the drugs because he wanted to impress a girl he then turned out to be a cop Oh. Yeah, Ugh, Lindsay Mendez. So we love her. It's entrapment. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's so good. Um, That's the U.S. government and their justice system. Yeah. Just saying. <sighs> yeah. Um, what else is there to say? Um, yeah. Choreography is amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, like the show itself is so beautiful um like the costumes like I love like, I love seeing um like I think I saw everyone saw the um the same photo of the different dresses that the girls wear um shows up like the different like the act one scene one then like, the act two scene two like the dresses that they all wear um oh, yeah. like uh like you see like, the the blues and the greens that Elijah wears and, like the pinks and the oranges that Angelica wears and like the yellows that Peggy wears and the reds that Mariah wears and oh yeah. so good yeah the costumes are beautiful in the show too and like the music is just like the orchestrations like all the strings and yeah oh, <laughs> so good I was a little bit uh, distracted when doing when watching this so- this time but I'll make sure to rewatch it 
with complete intention uh next time we do the second episode yeah yeah um one thing i was kind of wondering is like how would have stuff changed if hamilton had ended up with angelica i know yeah um um, i think she would have challenged him more mm -hmm. or like maybe would have like outwardly said like hey what you're doing is dumb yeah stop it (laughs) i don't know yeah i feel it's like a lot of says a little bit more passive or not if she's passive but like angelica's definitely a lot more aggressive (laughs) yeah angelica tried to take a bite of me don't stress yeah uh yeah Uh, like the show just flows so well like going from mm-hmm. song to song. I remember um, Sydney and Mariah were talking about how like they were in physics class and they started from Aaron Burser and they made it all the way to like the second act. <laughs> like like they just, just singing it? Just singing it, yeah. Oy. Like I think, I think they had headphones in, they were like rapping about it, but like they um like they were able to like go all the way through. And I remember like I haven't listened to Hamilton, like sat down and listened to it in forever. But um like I was just watching it, I'm like, yeah, I, I, this is all coming back to me. Like, but yeah, it's just like a like a sleeper agent. I'm like, somebody's like Hamilton, the constitutional constitutional convention. I'm like, I was chosen for the constitutional convention. Like, I haven't said those words in like a million years, but I remember them immediately. <laughs> um, and like the guns and ships rap, like, yeah, yeah, like, well, oh, it's just so good. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say? Um, the intense sadness on his face when he finds out that Lawrence is dead just makes you want to curl up in a ball and die. I know that's like it feels like the biographers weren't saying that Lynn and not that Lynn <laughs> that um uh that Hamilton and Lawrence were gay, but like Lynn was saying it. <laughs> yeah, or at least like, putting the seeds out there a little bit more than the historians were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that relationship just seems so like even if they aren't like even if they are purely platonic, it just seems so like genuine and so like so real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think that's a part of um my shot that gets me is like him like having friends. <laughs> like <laughs> it's gonna sound sad, but like people having friends just makes me sad. <laughs> Not sad, but like it makes me like weepy. Yeah. Um like that's part of in the heights makes me weepy too, like seeing like how they're all community and uh, yeah. They're like they love each other so much. <laughs> I know, yeah. Like yeah, you don't I, have to be blood li- blood related to be like yeah. family. I think because I so I saw it in the heights in the heights on Friday mm-hmm. uh, last week and I obviously cried like three times because you have to when you're it's been a year and a half and you've been waiting for the movie for like two years and um, it's your first time in movie theater since like March last year um, yeah. <laughs> I think like half of the tears were from just release of like being like in a sense of normalcy again yeah um, like I was talking to my mom about it after the, after the movie we were just like in the car talking and I was like, yeah, it just, because the last show I'd seen was Hamilton before everything closed. And it just felt so, so like, full circle. hmm Yeah. Um, 
And then also, like, like the songs have made me cry already. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you, um, do you have plans on seeing it soon? Um, I don't think I'll be going to any movie theaters soon mm. or anytime soon still. Yeah, even though for I, sure. I really do want to, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's okay. I'm just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm seeing it again on Sunday with Sydney, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say? Uh, nope. I think that's no? it that I got. Cool. Yeah. We can, um, if there's anything else, we can always, we can always episode number two. So, uh-huh. yeah. So join us next week uh, on our episode number two of Hamilton. Uh, so, episode number 20 of History of the Spotlight. Um, thank you guys for listening to episode number 28 of History of the Spotlight on Hamilton Part One or Act One. Um, you can find us on Instagram at History in the Spotlight. You can find us on Twitter at History in the SP1. You can email us at History in the Spotlight at gmail.com. Uh, email us on your opinions, your thoughts. Did you like the show? Did you not like the show? What's your favorite moments? Um, favorite song? That kind of thing. Um, any shows we should do in the future? Um, any uh, um, any theater fails, backstage, backstage stories, just send them all our way and we can bring them on the show. Um, we also have a Redbubble. Uh, so just look up uh, History of the Spotlight on Redbubble. It should show up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get your uh, mugs. Yeah. Get your mugs, get your postcards, get your shirts. And your clocks your for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Your framed print, which is like a nice frame. <laughs> or just buy a postcard and frame that. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, so we'll see you next week with Hamilton Part 2. Alrighty. Bye. Bye.